This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. If you're new, visiting our church, maybe with family, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 2. You can look it up on your phone, BibleGateway.com or uh, the Bible app. And today we finish this series, What Child Is This? And we've looked at the birth of Jesus, and today we're going to end with Jesus at 12 years old, uh, staying behind in the temple. And we're going to finish this great text out. But, and, and again, this is a great season to be inspired. We all love to be inspired in December, but we want to encourage and challenge each of you in just a few moments that we have uh, together here this morning, this afternoon, I've said this morning, I don't know how many times, this afternoon, uh, to be able to talk about what it means to grow more like Jesus. Uh, we want to not just wait until January 2nd, 3rd to begin to make decisions, but uh, that as we have seen the awe, the wonder, the thrill of Jesus in worship this morning, uh, that we would make decisions about who Jesus is and who he is in our lives And every now and then you'll come to a familiar passage and you can find yourself just skimming it because it is familiar. And we don't want to lose that awe and wonder with this story because it's familiar. I don't know if you saw the news this week. This is very important. Uh, I wanted to bring this clip uh, to make sure everybody saw it, that Hallmark researchers say they are close to developing a second movie plot. And... I think that's pretty big news, very important uh, for us as we finish up the Christmas season. But I know sometimes a familiar story, we can sit there and go, heard it, seen it. I can even, even though I've not seen them, I know what's coming next. And that we, follower of Jesus, would not be lulled into that during this season of, of inspiration, but not just inspiration, but growth. And I thought about it this morning when I woke up that Christians are stressed. I hear it a lot. We need to make sure people don't remove Christ from Christmas. But Christians need not be stressed over the lost removing Christ from Christmas. Okay? We, we need to be more concerned about Christians losing the thrill, awe, and joy of the greatest story ever told. And we need to make sure that we're living that out. We want our lost family and friends, those who do not know the Lord, to see that joy in us. Uh, each and every day throughout the year. I wanted to start uh, with actually the last verse of this chapter uh, and then jump into verse 41, boy Jesus in the temple. In Luke 2:52, we read four ways in which Jesus grew. Jesus grew in wisdom. And this is always an interesting one for me because Jesus is God. Uh, he's fully God, fully man. He's omniscient. So how can an omniscient God grow in wisdom? We're going to see that in just a second. Stature, physically we get that. We started this chapter with the birth of Jesus. Then we saw him at uh, eight days old, 40 days old. Now we see him at 12. When you pick up in uh, the next chapter of Luke, it's like 18 years after the text we're looking at today. So we get what it means to grow physically. And in favor with God, we're going to see that in the text today, Jesus fully recognizing his relationship to his heavenly father and with others and man. So how can Jesus grow in wisdom? And we, we can have a better understanding of that when we read Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, which reads, In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Your translation may read something to be grasped. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And that's what we started with in week one of this series that we see being born in the manger, a feeding trough. He is the lowly servant from the manger all the way to the cross. And that's what we read in verse eight. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So pick this story up with me as we finish out Luke 2, verse 41. The very first two words, very important for us to understand something about the life of Mary and Joseph, his parents. It says every year. Okay, so every year, very important, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Words that we've read throughout Luke 2, ponder, marvel, treasure, that Mary and Joseph are really taking to heart all that's going on in the life of Jesus. And is, is, I, I can't help but think on this trip at 12 years old, it's a very important trip because at 13, a year from this trip, uh, in this culture, you enter into adulthood. Actually, at the end of your 12th year, there's a ceremony, be called a bar mitzvah, which actually means the son of the commandment. And Jesus would enter into adulthood. But when I think about the parents of Jesus walking with him to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, that Mary, just pondering and treasuring and marveling in her heart, boy, she's walking to Jerusalem with the Passover lamb. Remember what John said, behold the lamb of the world who takes away, or behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Verse 42 tells us his age. When he was 12 years old, they um, went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Now, before we judge them, <laughs> I'd like to know, anybody in here ever forget a child someplace? Just be honest, we're all friends here, okay? Any, any, let me see, where'd you leave a child, Cindy? At home. At home, a lot of people leave children at home. Uh, and, and you forget you were gone for some period of time. Where'd you leave a kid? At school. At school. A lot of kids left there in the car line. Uh, where else? Gas station and a dressing room. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's a good one. You keep them for a little bit. Uh, I was left at the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus at the Rosemont Horizon uh, by my mother. Uh, it's a true story. I, wouldn't, I guess you wouldn't call it left. She, she, she lost me. Found me with the clowns. That's a true story. And you see how that turned out. So uh, this isn't uh, we lost because I think we read this story and we think to ourselves, well, how, how in the world can you go a day? You're, you didn't go a day, Cindy, for getting a kid. An hour. Yeah. We, we've had parents do that. One parent shows up to serve in a service thinking the other parent, you know, remembers to bring the child from home. The other parent shows up. They're milling around Woodland Hills Family Church, and there's a two-year-old still back at home. So we've had this happen. But you can't think of it in terms like that, and the text actually explains it. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. So don't think car. Think caravan. They traveled to Jerusalem, lots of people with them. So to not find him or see him is understandable. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Now watch this. After three days, that part always gets me. It's like, wait, where is this? Oh, after three days. But it's important for us. If we lose a 12-year-old in our culture, that's one thing. But you're talking a year away from adulthood. 
in this culture. After they found him, look at how they found him. In the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. We could spend the rest of the, the time today talking about what it means to be a learner. And this is Jesus growing in wisdom. You see, he emptied himself, and now full things are coming to be. The, the recognition of his sonship, of God, of his mission in life. He's in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers. Very important posture if you want to be a learner. It starts by listening, not talking and asking them questions. And then he, give, he did give answers because verse 47 says, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So if, if I can just encourage you in this season, don't wait until New Year's Eve to start talking. You're gonna post your reels of, hey, here's all my highlights from 2022. And then 2023 hits, and here's all the things I'm gonna do and all the changes I'm gonna make and all the plans and goals and hopes and all the dreams I have for the future. I want to encourage you with some simple ways to grow more like Jesus. And Jesus learned this from his mother and his father. Why? We saw it. Every year they traveled to Passover. They did the three very important, the, the circumcision of Jesus, the dedication of Jesus, the purification of Mary. They loved the Lord. They loved his law. They obeyed it. They cherished it. They followed it. And if I can encourage you into the new year, spend time with God's people. Don't let this just be one special day and I'm gonna check out for a little while longer. And some of you need to ask the question right now, who are you spending a lot of time with and how's that working for you? Who are you spending a lot of time with and what is that doing for you growing in wisdom and, and stature and your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with others? Lean into biblical community. And like Mary and Joseph, spend time in God's word. What are you learning? What have you been reading? to open the scripture more, and I hope your family does this more. My son and I, we're committing to a once a week Bible study before he goes off to college in the fall. Uh, started this week uh, at Clockers. Somebody paid for our breakfast. I'll be at Clockers at 7 p.m. on Thursdays if uh, you, that's a good time for you. Uh, but what we see in this text that's so important, Jesus' parents spent time with God's people and loved God's word. If you're new to our church, one of the major visions of our church, it's a passion of ours, is to be an echo in the life of mom and dad. We believe you are the primary teacher in the life of your child. You're the primary discipler in the life of your child. We believe our children see everything you do, right? They hear everything you say. They forget nothing, and then they repeat. Say it again. They see everything, hear everything, remember everything, and repeat. We've been joking with my daughter who's here, uh, newly married, but we, we were driving in town this week and we both at the same time started calling drivers bad names. And I'm like, where did she learn how to do that? Every name she's got for a bad driver in Branson came from this guy right here. She's got decades of watching me, listening to me. Now she is repeating and we need to talk about that a little bit uh, more. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says what? A love for the Lord. If you want a love for the Lord, a love for God's people, a love for God's word on the heart of your children, it starts, mom and dad, with your heart. It's what you talk about when you sit at home, when you get up, when you walk along the way. Right? And this is what we see Mary and Joseph living out. So watch this in verse 48. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? And I'm going to let you put whatever mother voice you think needs to be on that right there. We've got our inside mother voice when nobody else is listening, and then our public voice. You know what I'm talking about. Why would you treat us this way? 
Jesus wasn't being disrespectful. This is the sinless Son of God. Now, this, this is what Luke really wants us to pick up from this story. It's the first time we hear Jesus speak in Scripture at 12 years old. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. The word anxious there actually means pain. And we're in, we were in pain. We were in agony over wondering if you were okay, if we were going to be able to find you. And Jesus turns it around on him. He turns it around on him. He says, why were you searching for me? You shouldn't have had to look anywhere else because you knew exactly where I would be. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Yeah, you're talking to me about Joseph, but I'm talking to you about our heavenly father. And your translation may read, you have to be about your father's business. He said, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Verse 50 says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And most scholars believe it's at this moment that Jesus recognized his sonship and mission. Jesus did nothing. He said nothing unless it was given to him by his father. It says in verse 51, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Remember when Simeon last week we were looking at the text, he said the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. We've been worshiping Jesus this morning. We've been speaking his name. We've been praising his name. We've been marveling in that name. We've been treasuring that name. We've been pondering that name. And it is, it's a revealer of the human heart. And I know some of you were brought here today by family and friends. And they have been praying that the Holy Spirit will call you by name. And that today you will fall under conviction of your sin, being the, the Lord of your own life. You will remove yourself from the throne of your own life and you will ponder and treasure the name of Jesus and that you will take these things to heart for yourself just as Mary did. It says in Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. What do we want to be treasuring today in our heart? One, in this season we've been singing about already, Jesus is Savior. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It was all of our spiritual conditions prior to Christ. We were children of wrath, children of our father, the devil, darkness. But Jesus is the one who saves us. Jesus is life. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to his father except through Jesus. No one comes to the father, he says, except through me. We're going to close our special service today in prayer, and uh, I'm going to invite you to stand as we pray together. Chris is going to lead us in a reprise of Silent Night. The prayer team is going to be down front. And if you'd like to know more about what it means to trust Jesus as Savior and to make Jesus your life, I'm going to invite you down as we're dismissed to meet with someone from our prayer team. Would you pray with me? Father, today Jesus is our Savior and our life, and we worship him. We want to be learners. We want to grow just like Jesus closer to you, closer to each other, and what a season for that. Open our hearts to your word and to your truth. Grow our hearts so that we would not just uh, listen to it, read it, but that we would cherish it, that we would obey it, that we would follow it. I pray for the one who's never placed faith in Jesus that today would be the day of their salvation, that today would be a new start for them, and that they would be a new creation in Christ Jesus for calling upon the name that is above every name, and that is the name Jesus Christ. 
We pray all of this in the authority of that great name. And everyone agreed and said, Thanks for joining us. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you again next year.